The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again as we take a few few more minutes out of our week and out of our day uh, to look into God's Word. If you've been following along with us, you know we've been in the book of Matthew now. Uh, Matter of fact, I think this is going to be episode 89 of just the book of Matthew. One of the things I love section by section is you do get a chance, chance to kind of break down, look deeper into a passage, which is one of the goals of this is just one thought at a time, one section at a time, about 10 to 12 minutes at a time, walking through the life of Christ. Uh, you're following along with us. We are going to finish up Matthew chapter 20 by going to verse number 29. So Matthew 20, verse 29, the Bible says, Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Now, in the story we're looking at, uh, if, if in most of the Bibles, if you have one that sometimes will reference Um, other passages, references, where you might find this in other sets of scriptures. Uh, We talk about the Gospels, there's four of them, all of them, generally giving a reference of the life of Christ. When I say generally, uh, there's going to be different aspects, and a lot of times people struggle. They say, it doesn't make sense to me why uh, why are there four Gospels supposedly telling the story of the life of Christ, but yet the, sometimes they do not always match? So, for instance, this is one of those stories. In the book of Matthew, there are two men who receive um, their vision to their—they're blind, they receive sight. In Mark and in Luke, um, there's one man, and in both of those passages, he's referenced as blind Bartimaeus. Now, you say, why would that be? First of all, we have to remember, these are not contradictions— um, same thing happens when you get to Mark 5, and there's the maniac of and Gadara, the one in the prison, and other passages, there's two of them. One thing we see, which is unique, in God's sovereignty, he inspired the Word of God, and he told different people what to say, but he used their gifts, he used their personalities, and often their perspective. It allows you really to see the life of Christ from multiple perspectives. Uh, As I was reading this morning, uh, most theologians believe that one of the reasons why, um, one of the reasons this story was written differently in other books was because the man Bartimaeus might have been more of a well-known man based upon the meaning of his word. He was either well-known as he was uh, descendant of someone popular that found himself in blindness or whatever reason well-known. So it just made sense in the passage to point out the one man who was more well-known. Uh, Matthew decides just to tell the story as he saw it. Different personalities doesn't mean contradiction, doesn't change the story. Um, so now here's, here's what happens. They're traveling, and as they're going, they have a huge multitude following him, which was not abnormal because Jesus had performed miracles, and many still believed him to be this political revolutionary, So and uh, so they and many were following him as the Messiah. So he, for multiple reasons, he's gaining this crowd. And as he's, as he's going, it says in verse 30, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that, Jesus was passing by. Catch this, they cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Why is that important? First of all, they couldn't see him. 
They only knew of him by his reputation. But the important thing I see is they said, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Um, that phrase for anybody who understood Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah would have recognized that they weren't just looking out at a rabbi. They weren't just looking out at a great teacher or a miracle worker. They were recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. And, be, and that's, a, that's a big deal. They're, they're recognizing the prophecy because they knew the Messiah would be of the lineage of David that one day would sit on the throne. So they're, they're calling on him, not just do for us. They're recognizing his position, his sovereignty. They're recognizing who he was. And that's an important thing. And when we call upon God, you know, the Bible says, um, without faith is impossible to please him, but he that cometh to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is God. If we're going to come to Jesus, we must, for salvation, recognize Jesus as God. We can't just come and say he is a religious, he is another figure. It's one more way to hopefully get it right. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. We must recognize the reality of who he was. He wasn't another religious figure. He isn't another religious figure. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the great I am. He is part of the Trinity. He is God. And we see that without seeing that, we're wrong. And so that was a primary thing to recognize, and it's important to focus our attention on. Then in verse 31, the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, and they cried out all the more, saying, have mercy on us, and they say it again. You know, in this situation, um, they were considered, uh, well, they were blind, which means they they couldn't help, which means they probably were beggars, and they're over there, and they would have been set aside. Again, kind of like the children, this is Jesus. He's important. Leave him alone. Don't take time with him. And yet, what they do? They screamed out all the more. They got louder. Can I tell you, and I'd be careful not to always take these passages, uh, if you want to super spiritualize some of the things, but I think there's such a great principle here. This world, these people, these followers of Jesus were telling these two men to be quiet. Uh, that's not necessarily the case today, but there is a world, there is a culture that is screaming at us to be quiet. There's a culture screaming at us to be quiet about God, about Jesus, about who he is. They claim that our teaching is angry and intolerant and hateful. And uh, anybody, Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people falsely in the name of Jesus who are spewing hate. I, I, unfortunately, that is the case. Satan will always have false teachers out there doing that. Uh, but in this scenario, if you're truly following Jesus, you're going to find that while Jesus has a design and there are very specifics in the Word of God, Jesus is a, uh, he is the God of love, he is the God of forgiveness. While he is holy and just and there's specifics in the Word of God, he is a God of love. Anybody teaching hate does not understand the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to agree with the teaching, but it is not one of hate. We look at this, and when the world is screaming to be quiet, I don't, one, let's not fight the world. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's Satan. But boy, may we never be ashamed of where we stand. Lovingly, lovingly, boldly, and firmly, and unashamed stand we believe. Why? Because we have the truth. We, we are not the truth. We have the truth in Jesus, in the Word of God. May we boldly say that. We're so afraid sometimes by the world and what the world's telling us to say or not say that we forget that we have the answer. That's all it is, Satan trying to silence the truth. He wants to imprison people in sin and all of the emptiness of the world. And we are seeing that God gives freedom and Satan doesn't want that. So may we be unashamed about that. So here's what happens. Verse 32, Jesus stood still and called them. I love the fact that no matter what the culture was saying, Jesus recognized the need. 
And he said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eye received sight, and they followed him. Now, we look at this. I read this this morning in one of the commentators, and I thought this was a great way to look at it. It was their faith that brought them to salvation. Here's what the guy said. When I first read it, it really took me back. He said, it's not faith that brings us salvation. It wasn't their faith that brought healing. It was their faith that brought them to the person who could bring healing. So the comment was, our faith alone cannot bring salvation. Our faith brings us to the one who, through his power, gives us salvation. It goes back to that understanding of who Jesus is. Our faith, we have faith in Jesus. Now, here's the reason why that's so important. Sometimes when you wonder, was I strong enough? Was I spiritual enough? Do I have enough faith today to be saved? Our faith helps us to recognize the author of salvation. We go to him, we receive salvation through him, and there's nothing we do. We must remember it's in Jesus, and we remember it's in Jesus, then we find hope. Our faith brings us to the point of help. Our faith brings us to the person who can bring healing. Our faith brings us to the person who can answer prayer. Our faith brings us to the person who can give us direction. Our faith does not do it. It opens us up to the one who does. Jesus is the one who does that through his word. And you say, maybe that's a bit semantics. That's the power. It's not in us. It's in him. And our faith is put in him. And when we have faith in him, we can see God do great things in our life. Whatever it is you're facing right now, recognize, number one, who Jesus is. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Number two, recognize that he recognizes you, even when many times the world doesn't. Number three, recognize that it is not you who brings your own salvation. It is Jesus, and it's your faith that accepts that salvation. Hold on to those great principles today. Well, again, thanks for joining us as we examine the Word of God together. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement, and hope you stick with us as we jump in to Matthew chapter 21 uh, tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.